0: all right <clears throat> what's up world you are now listening to the power post game report where we talk all things power we are here to discuss book two season three episode five no more second chances i of course am one half of your host triple d and with me as always is this is Carlos steve what's good how y'all doing
1: how you doing man i'm hanging it in my man another uh-huh. week another fun time uh watching power how about yourself
0: can't complain. I'm breathing. Uh, we got in, we got another weekend. Um, an interesting episode to say the least. And um, you know, for those of us, for those of y'all who were uh, wondering where we were, just a little bit, just a little bit delayed. You know, one of us had some traveling to do. You know, we had to uh, allow time for some for for some recouping. All oh, they right. Know. They follow me on IG. They know what I was doing. This is true. And if you're not, you need to go ahead and do that. But We'll get to that where you can find them at the end if you're new here. Um, But uh, yeah, Uh, we get we get a little impromptu field trip. Um, A lot of the cat and mouse games that I was intent. I was hoping to see go a little bit further um, came to abrupt ends. And um, (laughs) we got a We got an exit from the show. Um, How did what were your initial thoughts going into this episode?
1: Um, I enjoyed a lot of this episode, and then I found like the subplot, uh, the travel, the trip, to Italy, just was stupid to me. They mm-hmm. lost me almost completely with that. Uh, we'll get to it when we talk scene by scene, but I'm just tired of these villains. Um, mm-hmm. like you have said repeatedly, it's just this James Bond esque uh, uh, threats, and then some type of mission you got to complete, and it's just annoying to me. Uh, they've done nothing to really make Noma. Or um, purple, he wore a lot of purple. I don't even know his name. Call him purple because he had a lot of purple in this episode. Interesting, uh-huh. engaging, any dimension to him? They literally show up, make a threat, uh, threaten our heroes, and then they walk away somewhere. Uh, so, right. I- I'm tired of them. Uh, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I don't need. They about to be like the teachers in the first season, where I just don't even want to discuss them no more. I will for the good of the show, but I, my, my comments gonna be basically just they too cartoonish. And it's just not work for me. They need to do something to make these characters better over the last five episodes of the season. Or it's been a wasted of a villain to me. I feel you. I feel you.
0: You ready to dive
1: in? Yep. Let's go.
0: Let's get it. So we kick this episode off with the, the aftermath of uh, Whitman's demise. Um, we have Davis slash Sacks versus the Rico and unbeknownst slash Sacks. Um, ooh, tongue twister uh pretty much just trying to wrap up loose ends and well <laughs> loose ends on davis's end uh the team rico trying to get more uh dirt on the tejadas and blanca having no poker face whatsoever like with the i mean well i guess she might have been playing her part with giving sacks the evil eye like that so she might have been that's actually kind of right on on par with what needed to happen um We get Monet pretty much claiming that like, you know, this is wild and um, she got rid of the file, which I was like, that's smart. But in my mind, I was like, she probably didn't get rid of that file because this is Monet and Monet lies. Monet does what she thinks is right, um, regardless of how wild or impossibly wrong it is. And um, as David said, like your your spot is hot right now. So you need to kind of play it that way. Um, How did you feel about our opening number?
1: uh yeah i mean it seems like they got away with murder they um stories seem to be together their lawyers are there, fully supporting them and i think at this point there just seems to be a formality now we know that they're building a bigger case behind the scenes but as far as whitman it looks like it's is being called a justifiable killing uh because he did break into the house he did have a history of harassing this woman um and it looks like monet once again will get away with murder this one that police actually know she did um so it was interesting um we know that they have a hard on for this Rico task force. Uh, and so far for at least right now, the Tahadas and Tariq and Sac well not Saks is he a part of it, but Davis are one up. Um, but we'll see if they'll be able to turn that game around at some point through the developments of what happened in this episode.
0: Indeed. How about you go ahead and I'm gonna look, I want you to go first on the class scene.
1: Uh, so this I, actually, this uh, normally these class scenes, sometimes they hit and miss, hit and miss for me. Um, uh, but this one, their uh conversation or their discussion was uh very interesting because it was true. Like we claim America's this place for second chances or start new lives, but they don't really do that for all people, especially people who have been incarcerated. They always say, okay, we wanted you to be rehabilitated, you did your time, but then every time you come out on the streets, they make it harder either through. Actual actions taken against you or just the stigma that you used to be uh, incarcerated, that it makes it impossible for you to start over. And then you wonder why so many people re-violate themselves or they go back to jail or they had this history of going in and out. For some people, it's just knuckleheadness. And then for some people, it's like they feel like they had no other choice because when they try to go straight, they try to do the right thing. There's so many roadblocks that prevent them from doing it. That they end up having no choice but to kind of go back to what what got them in trouble in the first place. So I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed the different points of views. Of course, uh, the biops or the people, the biops, bi bi, bi, bi the box. Box, biops, or the people of color always are on the side of right. Um, just because, I mean, in my point of view, just because you know they're usually talking about stuff that I also agree with in my personal life. Um, so so I mean, I enjoyed this thing. Most of the occasional things I could throw away. This one, I did enjoy the dialogue and the conversation between the parties. What about you?
0: So while the conversation was was on point and it made sense. Um, this was the first time I was kind of annoyed by it, not by the the conversation, but how this went, how this was was uh, was executed. Um, we get Tate returning to the campus as, an, you know, a guest lecturer. This dude gets three words out gets immediately cut off by Bushandria and the class just hijacks the entire conversation. I, and all I kept thinking was like, if I was in that class while the, I'm, I appreciate the, the conversation. I'd have been like, this dude didn't even start his lecture. Like what, what's he, it was literally, what's he here for? Um, they just, and then while, like, again, I'm not disagreeing with what was said. But the way they immediately hijacked his lecture without without him finishing a sentence, and then it just kind of bouncing back and forth between person to person the way that felt it felt almost like a a discussion in in um in a different world, and I don't mean that as in like the 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 level of it, but the delivery of it it felt like early nineties acting the way that they were throwing these lines back and forth at each other. It was the first time I was actually like kind of annoyed at a classroom scene. Um, And I felt a little bit bad about it, but also I didn't because I was like, I feel like this could have been, I don't know, maybe I'm not saying that every single episode has to have the classroom scene, but like, I feel like this could have been like fleshed out in a different episode because usually the, for the most part, the overall theme ties in with the class, uh, the class discussion and the the title of the episode and as far as no more second chances that really doesn't fully come into play for real until the last the literal last scene um so i was like i don't know this on top of you know scenes to follow this just
1: felt like a it was just kind of thrown in there mm-hmm. um but anything else on that before we move forward no no i agree i think they shoehorned a lot of people in this i think still putting tate in this episode it's just a reason to have him in it. I don't think he really added any value to it particularly, um, even though we know this transitions to Tariq giving him some information that he can basically take to the task force, which is the fact that Little Guap allegedly is the one that killed Zeke, mm-hmm. and he's also no longer on this earth, so they consider it or a closed case. Inter-
0: they call him I'm sorry, they call International, international Guap. What, what did I say? Little Guap. Uh, <laughs> but it's a interesting gang name, but who's who am I to judge? Um, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt.
1: No, no, no. So I'm saying that's that's all we really kind of got out of the tail end of the scene was that part of it. Um, and I don't think any of the cl- – the way this school is set up, I don't think most schools go like this because there never appears to be any lecture from the, the, the teacher. They just kind of throw out a topic and then they just start talking. I don't know if they how they do tests in this class. I don't know if they're writing papers or whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, sometimes they need to just forget the, the um, school. I get yeah. it. He's in college, but I don't care about it all
0: the time yeah at this point especially when you when you take into effect um someone else said this they only go to one class you'll never see these guys in no other classes it's just this one right um again we ain't heard a word about canonical canonical studies um if that's even still a thing because this is not that class um but that's you know that's griping uh so from there we go to the weston firm and um RSJ has been given an opportunity to invest in a in an Italian tech corporation. Um the only reason that's relevant is because it sets up the scene for the episode. Um but this was a pretty pretty telling scene where we get we get RSJ kind of like putting his foot not necessarily putting his foot down but standing his ground with how he operates and how he views business. And the future, um, when it comes to Lucas, who I'm pretty sure has had many, a many a time of, well, I'm used to just taking your money and doing whatever with it and telling you it's going to be all right. RSA don't work like that. Um, but I I really enjoyed the fact that he, he clearly has a soft spot for Tariq and the fact that he undercut Lucas to his face and said, you good, you can stay home.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to
0: take your team. Um, how did you, how did you feel about that scene?
1: I mean, I agree. I think he's just showing his dominance, which is cool because uh you know, we know so you said a white man like bossing other people around or even this this same white guy abusing Tariq take, trying to take advantage of Tariq because he's black. So it's good to see R- RSJ is in the position of power really. They need his business not the other way around. Um my only problem is like in real life they wouldn't take no interns, no 19-year-old no. kids anywhere. Um, to close no, no, not no first kids. year
0: intern at yeah. that.
1: Yeah. But um other than that, I I, I like um I'm hoping, I'm still waiting to see what they're going to do with RSJ long term. Or, or yeah. Is he going to be like a secret bad guy? Do he got like secret shady dealings? Um, so I, I want to see what they're going to do with him by the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, I did like the fact that he just kind of put uh, Uncle Weston in this place and told him, look, I got this. I'm taking your squad. And it's not much you can do about it.
0: I mean, my jet, my yeah. passengers, my money. Um, pretty much. It, that main, That's on top. Uh, so, Tate. Kind of fires back and was like, "Yo, the info that you gave is not wrong. Well, excuse me, was not accurate. Um, they proved that he was that he was actually out of town when all the Zeke stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not happy, which sends Tariq to Monet to inform her that like, yeah, that's this is this is inaccurate. Whoever told you that is you know, uh, either lying or they got it wrong. And we get Monet pressing Kane and. I'm glad they kept the continuity up and that Kane stood up for his pops because uh, obviously he knows what really happened. But um, not only did he stick up for his father, he I feel like he was actually really convincing in the way that he sold it. Um, obviously, us knowing he's lying. I feel like the only reason that Monet even second guessed it at all was because she's been in a state of paranoia since he was killed. Um, how did you feel about that?
1: Uh, I mean, she also probably said, "Guess it, because she got the print. She know that he was on the scene, and she know he wasn't there." I mean, she might not at this point know exactly how he killed Zeke, but her suspicions are getting stronger and stronger. Um, it, I see. I, I saw it a little bit different. I thought Kane kind of threw his dad under the bus by saying that Lorenzo was the one that told him. I think I uh, th- I feel like he didn't support him. Um, uh, I think if he really was trying to keep Monet away from the truth, because he knows the truth, he would never put his father implicated. He would never implicated his father. He would have said he cool. learned it from the streets somewhere else. International Guat was running his mouth. But the fact that he said Zoe was the connector to IG, um, I think he was kind of sending his father out.
0: I don't think so. The reason I don't think so is because I feel like Kane knows that if he says it's someone else on the street, Monet's just going to have him go out back on the street and grab somebody else. I think in his mind, because clearly he doesn't know about the fingerprint, in his mind, he feels like if he says, if he says, dad told me, realistically, and you know what I'm saying? And I, dad was there when we killed this dude. Realistically, he thought that she'd just be like, all right, well, I'll, you know, either I'll drop it or I'll look in a different direction. Um, so I don't think he sold them out. I think he used them to, to try to shut that door to close off that lane. Um, because I feel like he, and, and, you know, we see it in the, in the scene later, but like, I, I don't think he, he would have sold his dad out, especially when he, cause he knows how his moms can be when it comes to stuff like this. Um, especially so soon after the episode that we had last week, where they, they kind of fixed things between them for the most part. Um, so I don't think, I don't think he, and, and the way he ended up telling Lorenzo later on, I don't think he sold him out, but you know, to each their own. Mm -hmm. Um, so we get a real quick scene at the runway, um, well at the hangar, I should say. And it, it shows that RSJ has some, has a lot of faith in Tariq. He sees, he sees a lot of potential in him. I wouldn't be mad if RSJ ended up being Tariq's way out. Um, Tariq would have to take it. Well, he'd have to be in a position to take it, which I, I I'm I call I'm calling it now. I feel like I feel like RSJ is gonna try to offer Tariq an escape, um, whether it's from like uh, school in general, as in like you know what, forget school, just come work with me. And I'll take care of you and I'll make sure you, you know, you get to where you have the potential. Or, you know, Tariq actually does survive and graduate college. And he says, hey, man, come work with me for real. Um, but in that that scene, uh, we also get Braden dropping his phone and Kiki with the fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. And immediately starts low key going through his his uh his notifications, which right. I'm like, I don't know what y'all what y'all are. But it ain't been enough screen time to justify, I mean, unless she's just the overbearing, I you know, I don't know. I older don't, person. I
1: don't know. But who goes through people's phones regardless that they just picking up off the ground? So Exactly. Uh, but but the one thing, you know, this shows me, Brayden is just always just goofing off too much. Like he's, I get it. They are going there to handle their official business, but they are going there to handle business on behalf of his family's company. And all he's thinking about is partying. He didn't drop this phone within five seconds. He is never focused. He's always too goofy for no matter what the circumstances are. And I think that's his biggest downfall. And then how he didn't notice his phone didn't work he, when he plugged his earbuds in. The phone would have disconnected as soon as he walked away. Or maybe he got burner. multiple phones. I'm not rich. Like yeah, that. I'm, I'm gonna say at this oh, point. Oh, that's probably a burn, right? Because he's doing yeah. business on it. But still, it's just the goofiness of it. I'm just tired of breathing sometimes. He just is he always involved in something silly. And he needed to just scroll up.
0: Indeed, indeed. So we get uh Whitman being mourned by the super cops. And I didn't really have too much on this scene, aside from them, you know, kind of licking their wounds and mm-hmm. trying to set their sights on, um, you know, the crew angles. I like
1: how, I like how Blanca, Blanca basically saw the Russian murder, though.
0: In like uh, two man, seconds. yeah, that was one of the things. I was like, you coincidentally are involved in this Russian plug that happens to be, you know, connected to the Castillos. Like, you just happen to have that. And you know what? This might be a lead. It's like, I, you know, sometimes it can be a little too too easy Mm -hmm. with the writing sometimes. And, you know, this is coming from someone who's never been a writer before. But, like, I just feel like they could have worked for it a little bit harder. Because I feel like the same thing happened the previous. Yeah, the exact same thing happened um, a week or so ago. Where she just her CI just so happened to be getting ready to draw, you know, buy guns from people who may be connected to Mecca. Um, but I that that was one note. And the other note was that Jenny is, is cracking under the pressure um, with the way she's been kind of snapping at sacks and how this whole thing has been going, which is funny because he told her he told her at the end of I want to say book one, like, don't like you need to leave. Let this go. Like, you need to leave these guys alone because I've seen it firsthand. They'll get you a to a level of, of obsessed that could get you killed. Like, they ran up in his house. Ghost and Tommy ran up in his house in broad daylight. And he's trying to, like, tell her, like, look, you you can't get in too deep with the St. Patrick's because I don't know how, but they, they always end up coming out on top. And you can see her just kind of losing it. Um, anything else on that?
1: Uh no. That's it. I think you summed it up good.
0: All right. So, uh, as we spoke on earlier, we get a really I, I thought this was a nice scene between Lorenzo and Kane at the bar where he kinda lets them know, like, hey, you know, I think mom is on to, to something. She knows something. Um, and just kinda giving him a heads up and kind of giving them the advice like maybe you should just tell her. It was an accident. Like it's it's a horrible accident, but it was truly an accident and Lorenzo has every right to be you know fearful because yes it was an accident but also one he would you know any he, I, he, anyone would feel the way that Monet felt if their son or daughter was killed and two he knows how she is how did you feel about that?
1: Uh, yeah I think this was great advice by Kane I think he was actually being sensible and reasonable um, and I mean, he's been honest. The longer you wait, like it's not going to change. Uh, the, the longer you wait, the more likely she'll be even more upset. I mean, she's already upset regardless. Um, but this also led me to the reason why I said earlier why I don't think he was really fully on his dad's side because he doesn't tell his father what he told Monet. He made it seem like he didn't give up anything when he did, in fact, tell Monet that uh, he was the one who told him that IG did it. So that's why I was saying that I don't think he's on his father's side fully. I don't think he's fully supporting his father. Um, and this scene kind of reinforced what I was thinking when it came to that. Uh, but I will give Kane credit. He gave sound, good, great advice that Lorenzo still was hesitant to, to, to accept.
0: And I don't blame him for being hesitant. Like <clears throat> as we see later on with the, the lengths Monet willing to go to. Yeah. I, I totally understand why he was hesitant. Um, so meanwhile, while these two Tejadas are, you know, bonding, uh, there's a little bit of trouble in paradise for Drew, um, while him and Gordo, well, post him and Gordo's having some fun, uh, Gordo gets a call that the, the connect that he, that he hooked them up with actually survived and is in fact a CI, um, which I don't know how, who got that info, um, I don't know, who knows, but, um, yeah, that there's the, the immediate, that's one thing I will say about Drew is that even though he can be, you know, have his lovey-dovey moments where he's trying to figure things out and, you know, about his personal life, when things go sideways on the business aspect, he snaps to reality. Um, so like he, he asked all the right questions, but I also appreciate the fact that he was like, all right, well. I'm a part of it, so what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, man, I think Drew does do a good job of taking responsibility for his role in things and his actions. Um, and he, That was evident by what he he could have been like, okay, Gordo, figure it out. Um, but he knew that it's his responsibility because he was involved in this to see it done to the end. Um, and that's why he ended up supporting Gordo's plan of trying to figure out what the CI is and get him up out of it. Um, I, I don't like the, the the way they executed it. Uh, because it didn't <laughs> make a lot of sense. Um, and we kind of talk about when we get to those scenes. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, at least he's uh, one thing I will say about Drew. He is accountable to his actions, and he does normally do what's in the best interest of his family, even if it might be a detriment to himself. So,
0: it's a perfect segue while we're talking about uh decisions that impact your family and are a detriment to others. Why don't you go ahead and talk about Monet's visit
1: to Evelyn? Right, so Monet goes to visit Frank's deceased wife, which is why, like, this shows how much of a like sociopath she is. She knows she killed this man's wife. I mean, uh, by the killed way this woman's husband. Yeah. And she was going to talk to her every day, use her and abuse her even further um, by basically saying she has to confess something bad. Uh, and that, and she tells her that Zoe gave the order to kill Frank, found out Frank was a smitch and took him out. Um, and basically she says she's tired of the black blood. She's tired of all the heartache and people getting hurt. and She's scared um, and basically lays it on Evelyn's steps to do with that information in which she wishes um, Now, Evelyn being the responsible adult. She is says, look, no, I've been through enough. Uh, my, I lost my husband. I got four sons. I don't want to lose them too behind some goofy revenge. So if it's good with you, I'll keep this to myself. Uh, and as long as you trust me not to tell what you just told me about Zoe, I'll trust you that I won't do anything further and we'll, and we'll be done and we'll call it clean. Um, Monet, I think Monet wasn't expecting that. She was there to be a master manipulator and setting an events to get Zoe out of here to make, to keep the pressure off herself. Uh, but Evelyn wasn't going for it. What'd you think of it? The wildest part about that was how it starts off
0: as a genuine conversation. And she, throw, she immediately throws Lorenzo under the bus. But the wildest part about that whole sequence of events was that up until this point, she, she only suspects. She doesn't even fully know that Lorenzo killed Zeke. Like, all she knows is that Lorenzo's fingerprint was at the hangar that Zeke was at. That's it. That's all she has. Her son was being, a, it was deflecting a little bit, being a little bit secretive, and her next course of action was, I'm gonna go ahead and put a target on my husband slash father of my other three kids is back, because that's rational, I feel like I'm reacting rational to, to speculations, and I'm just like, this is a lot, you're right, she's definitely a, at this point, she's a, a psychopath, um, and I was just like, this is, this is insane. And I appreciate what you said. Yes. Evelyn is an, she may be a part of the life or have been a part of the life. I'm glad that she's a well-adjusted mother at the very least, which is the first time we've seen one on this show in a long time. I almost said Lauren's parents, but mm, they, they weren't that well-adjusted.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but yeah, it was just nuts. It was just nuts. I was like, You're, you're literally, you, you threw him under the bus with this hit talk, which you're essentially putting a hit out on him. So I was just like, this is insane. This is insane. So we get our destination, Italy. The team has landed and uh, it's time for some negotiations. And boy, do we get some negotiations? Like we find out that RSJ is powerful powerful and not afraid to play hardball. Um, this tech company is kind of, you know, kind of trying to low end them and, you know, feel like we're, if you want this much in our company, you're going to have to pay a, a hefty cash fee. And they pretty much hit them with a bunch of secret knowledge that they didn't think they had and was like, yeah, no, um, you got about to the end of the day to get on our team where I can make your your problems disappear and it'll make you more money, but we're going to take down some of the cash and um, you're going to give us a higher percentage. What was your thoughts on uh, us getting to see, at least at this point, we, well, no, us getting to see RSJ in action?
1: I, I mean, I, I, I saw this as a, this was a throwaway scene to me, really. Like, I get it, but we already know RSJ is powerful. Um, I think they they added it because they had to kind of conclude their business in Italy. It would have made no sense if they didn't show like what they were actually there to do. Um, but I could have I could have honestly lived without it. It didn't do anything really to advance the storyline itself. Um so, so you know, it was cool to see him to th- flex his muscles. Um, but I wasn't really involved with it. A, I saw a lot of the stuff that happened in Italy just did not hit right with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was just a way to have like an adventure in the middle of this episode and played the time a little bit um but the all the most interesting stuff to me happened stateside. Yeah. Everything that happened in Italy was goofy. Well, not everything, but 95% most
0: of, of it. it yeah. yeah. Most of it definitely was. So, uh meanwhile back in the states and we get Drew and Gordo on their mission to, to take down this this injured CI. Mm-hmm. And um surprise surprise, it's crawling with feds. <laughs> exactly. I was
1: like, what did you think was going to happen, fellas? Right. <laughs> Nobody was going to be there. He was going to walk in. And, and so, you know, if we could combine this scene, because I know it was a scene in the middle, but we could find this scene and then how they resolve yeah. the awesome. Go HID. for it. Go, cool. go off. So, like you said, they they look stupid. They come in. The place is crawling with DEA. I guess they thought they were going to sneak in with their hoodies on and take this guy out. Um, and then the final outcome is so goofy. I'm sorry that they don't. I feel like if a, a, a CI came in, they'd actually get their property to the front desk. That's something we're going to get off of somebody who has some authority to hold this stuff, keep this stuff, especially if the CI is using any type of cell phone to kind of pass this information along.
0: Okay, uh, so here. Here's the thing. Ahead. I'm going to let you finish, but here's here's the only reason that makes sense. So you got to remember that a regular ambulance brings in the CI. You know what I'm saying? Like they he's unconscious. Even,
1: why is the CI even there? He got well, no, shot no, no, no. in Connecticut upstate somewhere. Why is he in New York City?
0: They... they no, I don't think they went. No, no, no. I don't think they were. I don't think they were that. Like, I don't think they were in. I think they were in Connecticut. Like, I don't think they were in New York. But I, I want to say so. Just, you know, regular chain of command, a regular ambulance brings him in. They don't find that they don't find out he's a CI until they, you know, get his stuff off of him and run his info. So naturally, they're going to drop his stuff off at the front with, um you know, that whoever's up at the front. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but um, this place is with
1: all those DA agents all that time. Right, they didn't. This just is true. There. They would have messed up.
0: But the people at the front desk, the people down in evidence, like well, not evidence in belonging, they're they're gonna keep that from them. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not gonna be in the they're in the same building, but they're not gonna be in the same area. Like they're gonna keep that from them. They're not gonna let general public know that there's a CI there. They're just you know regular regular workers who have nothing to do with that patient directly. They're just gonna see people in jackets rushing by but that's above their pay grade at this point so that's that's the only reason why i'm like that's the only reason why i understood how his stuff ended up over there mm. but continue um yes of course this place is is swarmed with with agents
1: right so the plan is uh so, somehow they knew that the nurse had his stuff so they go down there and give her a big a big wad of money <laughs> take the stuff go T- two feet outside the front door
0: that was idiotic. To
1: time me. looking at the mess. thing why did they just take i mean i get it maybe the phone could be tracked but you could have took it down the block you didn't have to right. like literally look at it right outside and then right. throw in the sewer right in front of the place so good 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 job on gordo and drew for getting the mission done but the execution was horrible uh and it i mean not not grant, you know for them a lot of time it took it's fine, because I didn't need it to drag out any longer. They got the job done. But I just thought it was so stupid that they would check this evidence immediately outside the door. Two feet yeah, any cop could have yeah, came even, out. Blanco yeah. could have been like, ho, oh, oh, you gave it to who? I'm trying to find the family. So it was dumb.
0: Yeah, I was right there with you. Um when I saw them in the hoodies and the jackets, I was like, they've been they've been playing that from Dre's handbook. It was just like, if I just keep my head, my face hidden, I can get, I can get in anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, a well-lit hospital, crawling DE agents, it's not a problem. Um, but yes, I'm right there with you. I, I hope people aren't that easily bought off. Like I pray that nothing bad happens to me and someone who just wants to get my stuff (laughs) goes and pays a wad of cash and steals my stuff. Um, because I know, I know times are hard, but goodness, like. She could have resisted a little bit and they could have like upped the price maybe. Um, <laughs> nope. But yeah, I was right there with you. They walked outside. They hadn't even cleared the ambulances and they started like looking at the phone and, and whatnot, which again, that's one of those things where it's just like, either I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's a burner phone that the guy was using. Cause I'm like, how did they unlock it? You know what I'm saying? Um, to get into it to see the pictures, but TV, uh, they could have done that. Uh, it could have been executed much better. Um, but the CI is dead, and the evidence, as far as we know, is gone. Who knows? They, there's always the cloud. So from there, back in Italy, uh, we get we get a nice moment between Tariq and Effie, um, talking about the future and. Tariq, again, showing more, you know, signs that like he he's he he can do he can do regular life. Well, he's up for doing regular life um, if, if they're allowed to do so. He'd love to do that with Effie. Um, her reaction to that was a little interesting to me. Because she her. I don't know if she didn't believe that he thought it was boring or if she thought it was truly boring is like, eh, I don't know about all that, uh, but. Of course our nice moment is cut off because not only is henchman number 2 here, Noma happens to be here. How convenient. And she has an assignment. Like I don't even like you've already spoken on it. Um they're both the the our villains are pretty annoying mm-hmm. at this point. So it is what it is.
1: Yes, yeah, basically show up and slaughter Americans in some type of way, uh give them an assignment and of course if you don't get it done we're going to kill you.
0: Exactly. R-
1: rinse and repeat.
0: Exactly. So, this was pretty much a a retrieval mission. They need to find a bug in um, a huge mansion. Right.
1: Um, well, it sounds like some Grand Theft Auto type. Literally, shit. literally, some, any type Metal of Metal Gear or, Solid. What what they call role playing games, whatever uh-huh. they call them. But basically, yeah, Metal Gear Solid. You got to sneak in, be Sophie, get the item, sneak back out. That's all it is. That's what every every interaction with them is. Is a video game side mission, and it's getting boring. So
0: going into that, we um, we get RSJ um, having a quick talk about fathers with uh, Tariq, which I thought was a little bit poignant because we, we know how this show loves to shit on Tariq's father mm-hmm. um, while ironic or unironically painting the picture that he is doing everything that his father was trying to do um, in his entire series, which is get out of this life. Uh, but I this is kind of further cemented that, like, I think RSJ is going to try his best to take Tariq under his wing and get him to, like, super boss status. Mm-hmm. Um, in the process of this, we get Effie and Brayden on the hunt and Brayden gets nabbed. Yeah.
1: This is another Why don't thing you pick up in there? Because he found the bug in like two seconds. Like Like he looked under one desk and then they found the bug. And then just his goofiness got him caught up again. Um, so I, I mean, Braden was in this episode, but I feel like he wasn't really in this episode because he, he wasn't really wasn't productive. He was just kind of there to be.
0: He was a set piece. It yeah, was just like pretty much. Like, yeah, to keep things pushing.
1: Um, and that's what happened. So he's captured. Um, Effie's almost captured, and of course she used her womanly wild to um, get out of it. Uh, you know, I guess being pretty. And doing a little flirting will get you a long way in life. I've never been this pretty. Um, so I don't know if it'll work for me. But Neither it worked for I. her. She got up at it. Um, and and now we're kind of getting to the crux of the situation. So now they do have the bug, which mm-hmm. is a bonus. But yep. they lost their right-hand man. And they, at this point, don't even have any means to get him back. They right. don't know where, they was, where he was taken. They don't know really who has him uh, and what may be going on with him. Um, so they decide to leave them there and go back to the party, not the party, the hotel to kind of figure out what the the next step should be.
0: Right. So meanwhile, while this is going on, why don't you talk about dinner at the Tejada's house?
1: So this was actually in a long time that you actually saw that they got love for each other. They were having good quality family moments, even though you could tell Monet was still being her resentful, mean self. Um, They let Diana back to the table for the first time since she blew up the table. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and we found out is a great cook we found out they used to go back to Puerto Rico and play spades and have fun and at some point um, the Sahara family used to be a tight knit group with a lot of love and a lot of appreciation for each other and there's just the years of their involvement in this lifestyle uh, the things that you have to do to be in that lifestyle probably Lorenzo going to jail for as long as he was um, really kind of fractured that family um, and it's even to the point Diana doesn't have the memories that the older kids have even though I, I think they're only, I think Kane at the most might be 21. And I think she's like, I think they had them like back to back to back. At the most, Kane is 22 and she's 19. Um, but she doesn't have the memories that her brothers have of going and, and having good family experiences. And I think that's why she clings so hard to her family and is willing to do the things that she does for them is because she didn't have that because her father was in jail. And that's why she forced her out to get him out. Um, and I think she was finally rewarded for all that she's done as Lorenzo decides to release her. Um, she goes to him. She lets him know, "Hey, I'm still struggling with it, but for fa- you know, family first, And he finally opens his eyes up and says, "No, you are actually out. You worked hard. You decided you wanted to know part of this business some more. So you don't have to mush- you don't have to be involved in the business no more." And now his only goal is seeing her be the first person in this family to graduate from college. So I think the family scene was good. I like the interaction, the dynamics. I love the fact that Mon- uh, uh, Lorenzo released. Diana um so to me it was it was all good um I had no really complaints about the scene I think this was some of the best uh family dynamics we've seen the show in a while what'd you think um this was probably
0: like the best the best scene um it was definitely the best executed it was very heartfelt and yeah like I think this was at the most you know family wise I want to say that Diana and Lorenzo might have to, might have the best. Um, I'm like, well, we'll say best, but the most, the closest to solid, um, parent, parent child relationship because he, he took ownership of what he did, you know, and felt that it genuinely felt bad for having to bring her back in. Um, and like you said, like he, he just wants to see her do better because, and hmm, I, it's only now in me saying this, um, this is, this is an actual chance cause he didn't get a second chance. Um, none of them, the rest of them didn't get second chances to do what they wanted to do, which is wild. Um, because when you think about it, I mean, if this had happened like maybe a year or so earlier, Drew could have gone to art school if he wanted to. Um, but yeah, Diana has been granted her release into civilian life. Um, which I thought was really, I I really liked it. Um, so moving forward really quick, we get, (laughs) we get, we get, uh, Braden getting roughed up, which, you know, he, he gets some more stripes is in some street cred. Uh, but we've already talked about this and their plan to get everything back. Um, we get it. We have a, a cautious Kiki who's trying to figure out where he is. Um, I guess you know the it was getting cold that night, and she she needed some some warmth. Um, still not dropping the fact that she found one of his phones right. to her, you know his actual friends. Um, <clears throat> but meanwhile, back in the states, we get another well done scene with Gordo um, paying his respects to Monet. And Monet seeking comfort in Gordo. Um, we would learn later that this is her kind of getting the idea for a solution to one of her problems. Um, but I thought I thought it was done really well. Um, I You know, we we don't we don't critique too harsh on on people's acting. I feel like Monet could have. Well, Mary could have, you know, been a tiny bit softer. You know what I mean? But I, think, I still feel like it was done really well. Yeah,
1: I think this is probably one of my favorite scenes that she's been in throughout this whole three years or two and a half years. Um, it was relatable. It was realistic. Uh, she wasn't over the top like she normally is. I think she was truly having a heartfelt discussion and connection with um, with Gordo. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed this scene. I think it was nothing bad about it. I think it was fantastic. Um, and, you know, we know it sets up the catalyst for what happens later in the episode, but Uh, I was really touched by Monet and and, um, like I said, Mary J. Blige is not the greatest actress in the world but I think she did enough in this scene to to really express Monet's not only, because no, we we get her anger we know she's angry all the time but also just her frustration and then also I think she feels a lot of guilt because like Lorenzo tells her later she did bring Zeke into this she could have left Zeke down in South Carolina Yep, he could have still chased his NBA dreams there, but because she was Trying to, I do ride his coattails or just wanted to be close to her son again. She brought him to New York. She brought him closer to this lifestyle. We'll get, um, and, let's and, hold that. Yeah, that, let's hold that.
0: Happen, so we're gonna unpack all of that.
1: Go ahead.
0: Um, so uh, in another, another instance of sometimes in power things just get fixed. Um, Sachs finds the the missing piece off screen that uh, essentially saves Theo Rollins. Right. Um, who I would love if in the next episode it's Red Man and they right. just act like they just act like it didn't happen. I would love that. Um But yeah, he's Theo is hopefully on his way out. Um and while Davis is out, Saks will play and he finds a copy of said file. Right. Uh, uh the Lorenzo
1: file. The Whitman file. The Whitman file. Yeah, but my problem with this scene is like I'm sorry, Davis gotta be smarter than this. Yeah, I, You don't lock a door and just leave the key in the same room. Just take yeah. it with you. Put it on the keychain, Leave it in your car. Um, but this was just kind of too easy, he is, too simple. He is cocky enough. He dumb. is
0: cocky enough to think like that, though.
1: Maybe. But, I mean, I guess he may be. I'm the big boss here. Nobody going to come into my office if I'm not around. Right. Um, but I guess, it, it, to me, it just came off as just stupid. Uh, but Sachs definitely gets the evidence that um, a copy of the file that Whitman had, and he knows... I guess this leads them to believe that, you know, Davis knows more about Whitman's death than what is led on. So
0: go ahead. So now it's time for the exchange. We gotta get our white boy back. Um and this was pretty pretty much a throwaway. Um they used the bug as bait to kill everyone. Um, even the 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 super rich Italian
1: oil man, uh,
0: tycoon. Exactly. Once yeah, again,
1: video game. This is not real life. It's, yeah. It's, it was over the top.
0: Because clearly no one would miss him. Um, no one would be suspicious that he was shot in the head, um, which is just the execution was even weirder. Um, we get two sniper shots, which we don't find out they're sniper shots because Noma casually walks out from behind a, a tractor or something like that. And casually shoots everybody, Mm -hmm. um, along with henchman number one. And this, this worked out so well in her favor that now Noma feels that, you know what? You guys are on the team now. You're, you're officially members of the team. We'll get you guys jerseys and everything. Um, which now there is no, there is no getting out. (laughs) How did you go ahead and go ahead and unload? uh,
1: I'm not going to waste a lot of time on it but I think it's just silly cartoonish uh, just cartoonish violence, fake video game kind of missions Um, this was like when I was like okay can I please leave a uh, a tie Italy and go back home because I'm done with this this whole side mission has been annoying and just frustrating to me so I'm tired of Noma, I'm tired of Purple Tie I'm tired of everything dealing with them and I I just pray that over these next five episodes they do something to make these villains more realistic or at least a little bit more palatable to me. Cause I I can't do it no more. I can't, I'm, I'm I'm sick of them. It's, it's nuts.
0: It's nuts. Um, which takes us into an interesting scene right after where Effie has the idea to leverage Noma's daughter, um, as a way to get out. So on the one hand, I'm like, oh, OK, maybe this will be our our insight into a little more depth of Noma on the one hand. On the other hand, I'm like, that's kind of dark, Effie. you going to leverage a little black girl for your freedom. Like, I, I know you desperate to get out, but um, if you the fact that you even openly suggested leveraging a little girl, a little black girl for your freedom I'm going to be real interested in what you got to say in the next class. Um, Not even Tariq would consider that. I don't even think Ghost would consider that, Um, especially towards the end. Tommy, maybe. But no, even Tommy the Grinch grew like a little bit of heart towards the end of uh, book one. Hell, book two, for real, for real. Um, But yeah, Tariq is like, I hear what you're saying and I understand the desperation. But she literally just killed the baby father. Like she is a literal savage. We got to play this safe. Anything else?
1: Anything on that That particular idea? I know. I'm with her. I, uh, anything? If somebody constantly threatened my life, I'm, I don't care about your kids. Because you don't care about my life. You'll kill me in a heartbeat. So why do I care just because Cause she's a child? Her mom should be in this dangerous profession. So maybe I'm a little crazy, but I'm with Effie. If it means my way out and I get to keep living, then I got to do something with your daughter. And she didn't say she was going to like necessarily kill her. She says she just used as her, her as a means. That can mean a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, if my life is constantly being threatened, then I don't owe you anything or your children anything. Because uh, they said, it's not like they say, oh, we'll leave your family, okay? They, the only reason they don't bother her about her family is they think she's an orphan. If she had a family, I'm sure they'd kill them too. So m- no way her daughter don't get no um, sympathy from my, my point of view. That's a bold move. This woman has been known to pop up on these
0: cats literally now on any part of the globe. So... Um, I hope, I hope Effie's got more connections. Um, and, but if you're, if we're being realistic, you, you can't, you're going to have to have something nuclear because you can't make a threat like that to a woman like her and not expect to look over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Um, but I, I would, I would be happy if, you know, she was just like, look, we'll leave your daughter alone. Just kill henchman number one in front of us. And then she just like automatically does it. I'd be cool with that. Mm. Um, So we get something that I wasn't expecting to happen so soon. And not in this manner. Um, We get straight up honesty. Uh, Lorenzo comes clean. And I'll let you go into detail, but um, they have their back and forth. And they're both right on both, you know, on all their, their, you know, their sides and how they feel about it. Um, this is hands down the best acting Lorenzo has done in this series since he's been introduced as a character. Um, I really felt his sincerity and I do genuinely believe that, you know, he, he he clearly, obviously he was going to kill Mecca, but the fact that Monet is like, you should have told me then I, while it is a true statement, he knows his wife. And she probably would have killed him right on the spot. Um,
1: go for it. Uh, I think the extra betrayal probably would have gotten him killed. I think uh, he might have been better to tell her immediately. Because now it's like you're hiding something. It's, it's like you're prolonging something. You saw me sitting through agony for three months when you already knew the answer. Uh, so if he'd, I think actually if he came with the story originally, as hot-headed as uh, Monet is, she may have been a little bit more understanding that it was indeed an accident. But when you wait months and months and months to tell me, it stopped looking like an accident to me. Because now you're purposely not only did you do the action, but you're conspiring to cover it up. Uh, So I would have been probably more upset. But as far as the scene itself, I think it was good action between the two, good dynamics. Um, Both, Like I said, I think both of them are justifiably upset. She's upset because, of course, her son was killed and he hid it from her. But he's also upset that she was basically throwing their family away. Uh, she, If he would have never got out of jail, she probably would have just left him there to rot. She wasn't doing much to try to actually get him out. And then once he does come back, she puts Zeke above everybody else. And he even says it. You have kids that are still alive, and she still puts Zeke above them. It's like, and I, and my, my rationale is that the reason why she has holds Zeke in such high esteem is because it's a life that she couldn't really live. It's It's all about the what if. What if she didn't have to give up Zeke? What if her and Dante really could have started a family? And what her li- what her life would have been if that didn't happen? So the fact that she didn't have Zeke day to day, and the fact that he represents something that was, I think, at that time innocent, because I think her and Dante was you know first love, teenage love, and that kind of love can be like in your mind, especially at the time, so pure and true that it really can't hold a connection to you for the rest of your life. So I think Monet holds on to Zeke so much because she lost so much of her innocence and the rest of her life after giving herself you know after really getting involved with Zoe and after they committed themselves to the street living uh, so excellent scene um, from both parties everybody was enjoyable um, I, I really enjoyed the scene um, and I honestly thought in the moment I thought she was gonna really let him go like I thought her yeah. love for her children and the fact that they will miss their father so much would have been enough for her to just say okay we can't be together no more I can't live in the same house with you no more I can't see your face every yeah. day but on the strength of my kids, I'm gonna let you go as long as you get the hell out of this house. Um, so I was, um, I thought that was going to be the end of it.
0: Yeah. Same. Um, it, they really painted the picture that like, you know what? You're right. We do have these other kids and I'm, and, and it was one of those technicality things. I'm not going to put a bullet in you phrasing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very, very well done. Um, so from there we get our reminder that Sachs is, is a true investigator. like he was kind of moving like a, a a scorned lover but truthfully he's he's been on the most like to a degree the most honest lane um, since Lauren quote unquote died. Um, and this scene like kind of encapsulates what I felt about Sachs uh, since he took the job with Davis. And well, no, not necessarily, not since then, since he felt, you know, since Lauren died and that's Sax is kind of, he's sort of, he's sort of ghost at the end of book one. Um, he's genuinely telling the truth to people. He's genuinely trying to be a good person to people. Um, and no one's buying it because of his past. Um, Sax, he can't redeem himself. He's he'll never be able to redeem himself, but I do feel like Mm, excuse me. I do feel like he's doing his best to atone for what he's done with the Theo Rollins case, with them trying to help him, trying to help the Rico um, and his disappointment in Sullivan that like she she went to these these levels of secrecy when he's genuinely been being upfront with her. Like, yeah, you know, the, the sex was, was cool and everything, but like, I genuinely think that he was just like, I was genuinely trying to help you because I saw what you losing that case did to you because I've been there. Um, the place I used to work at, I saw what happened to them when they lost to the St. Patrick's. I didn't want that to happen to you. So I, that's why I got on board to help you. The, the sex was a goodie bag that, you know, I got every now and then, um, so it was inter- It was kind of interesting to see him feel genuinely betray- betrayed finding out that Lauren was alive. But I also like the fact that he he went out messy, like, look, like. She, you know, she can't really do this, for one, and two. like Tariq genuinely cared about you because I told him you were dead and he he didn't try it he, like he didn't have anything to do with this. So I'm glad that like they did that, although realistically. In a uh, witness protection, if it's on the books, in a witness protection situation like this, the moment there's a ruckus outside, someone inside the house is supposed to keep Lauren out of sight. She's not supposed to be in the window and walking outside. Um, how did you feel about that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the part. I was like, this is the worst witness protection of all time. There doesn't be any real safety for this girl. They let a random white guy walk up to the house like it was nothing. Didn't put on any type of alert or security protocols. Um, and we saw good witness protection early in the show when Tasha was a witness protection. And yep. it was a, barely a threat, and they was rushing her out the place. Um, but no, they would never let Whitney uh, Lauren come to the door. She wouldn't be allowed to just come outside and walk around and talk to some random guy who's on the streets. Um, so, yeah, horrible witness protection. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Sachs did come off as like some love-struck puppy, which I thought was a little weird. But I think he was making some good points, some valid points. Um, we at least were supposed to be looking out for each other I'm actually doing this for you. And Jenny just didn't give a shit. She just kind of wrote him off. Um, uh, maybe her obsession like, has been, like you said, the downfall of a lot of people in that AUSA office. And now on the task force, maybe they just want him too bad that they end up messing themselves over to do it. And it has not worked out for anybody. It doesn't look like it's going to work out long term for Jenny. Um, because we know this is Lauren's last day in witness protection. She hit the road. Um, <laughs> Go ahead and talk about where she went. So, yeah, to So, not only did she find her way back from where witness protection is with, you would think, no money, no means, no real ways of transportation, but she also got her hand on a burner phone and she texts Tariq off a, the late night.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: a box cutter. And a box cutter. Because <laughs> she was like really about to wield. Um, but off the late night, Teresa gets, gets a random text message uh, and made a dangerous move. I get a random text message, meet me somewhere, I'm laying next to my girl. Yeah. Uh, ain't no way I'm leaving. I see you that's, when, when that's the sun the comes up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But he goes out. Uh, he's walking. He doesn't know who it is. She pops out in the hoodie in the shadows. Um, and she basically... I, I guess she wanted to talk to him to just really confirm what his involvement was. Because all through the Jenny and time that she's been a witness protection, Jenny has made it seem like Tariq is the bad guy. He was out to get her and she's made it clear. Tariq didn't do anything to me. He's purposely... He, he tried to help me. And Effie is the one you need to be after. And Tariq basically confirms this. He um, lets her know he always cared about her. He actually sent Brayton to get her out of there. And he had no knowledge that she was either still alive or that um, she was going to come to any harm when he sent her away. And I think, basically, when Lauren came back, Effie's his feelings for Effie's gone. I don't think he wanted to be with Effie to begin with. He only did it because he was hurt by Lauren leaving him or Lauren not supporting him or whatever. Um, So... We're going to see how this all turns out. So, Lauren lets him know he's takes the news in shock. Um, but what is Lauren's long-term plan? Because she disappears back to the shadows. She clearly not with witness protection anymore. Well, um, she does tell him that I've been with the feds. Oh, yeah. yeah, She does admit so it. And like, they're building a case against them. So, she lets yeah. him know all the... She gave him more information than she ever gave the feds in all these months and months of her being in witness protection. Indeed. Um, so... I mean, do you have anything you want to hit on that before we get into the, the last little nitty gritty of the show?
0: Uh, the or only thing that like I that? have, aside from now Tariq being on edge, was that it reminded me that, like, I don't even think Lauren got a memorial on that campus. They kind of care about her. They really didn't. I, I figured Bruchandria oh, would have shit. at least... Because everybody else got one.
1: Yeah. has got, one. Was Zeke like, she got was, one. She was
0: a classmate. They just went back to class. Like, yeah. so, and, you know, they kept saying everyone thinks you're dead. Unless they're unless it's just one of those things that they're playing it to the campus like she just didn't come back one semester. Nah, it was
1: in the newspaper. That lady, it was? I, I think they think she did. I think they know she did.
0: Yeah, she didn't even get a memorial. Damn, that's crazy. Um, but no, nah, that's it. Um Well, so yeah, Tariq's on edge. And uh it's time to wrap up this episode. And I gotta be honest, while the the events were something I saw I could have scene coming eventually, I damn sure didn't expect it to happen in the same episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got Lorenzo, and he's clearly been drinking because there's... I don't... There's no way this guy gets, you know, gets caught up like that. Like He's clearly been drinking his pain away because the first time... First, the, the way I saw that nail, I was like, oh, well, this is clearly a setup. But he's, he's clearly like... Wasted. He is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, does what you're supposed to do and get ready to change that flat. Knife to the neck. Gordo gets his. And down goes Lorenzo in front of Zeke's memorial, mm-hmm. which was, I thought was like, that's a that's cinematic. Yeah. Go for it.
1: Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much summed it up pretty well. It's like. He got set up perfectly. He may have been more alert if his life hadn't just crumbled. Um, and I think that shows as much as he is wrong and weird, he did have a lot of love for Monet. Because oh, he really gets sure. heartbroken, uh, heartbroken about not uh, having his family anymore. And that, may, if he had not been in that situation, you're right, he may have been more on edge or more prepared. Because um, anytime I come out and I see a nail in my tire, I know somebody put it in there. I ain't riding a little nail so perfectly that it wasn't in the straight like that. I know that is a setup, and I'm getting the hell out of there. Um, and I advise all of you to do the same. Uh, but we lose Lorenzo. And at first, I thought they may like kind of drag it out when he was laying there. Until I saw the, the scenes from next week when they actually show his body in the casket. I yeah. thought maybe somebody might come out to help him, and maybe he'll be on the run a little bit. Um, so I was shocked that they went so quickly from Monet found out, and less than 15 minutes later, as far as airtime, the man was gone. Uh, and she's at home playing space with her kids, waiting for the text that comes from Gordo so this sets up so many weird dynamics. You got Monet knowing that she's responsible for her children's father's death. You got Gordo who is still involved with Everett. And he uh-huh. just, Everett, not, uh, um, Drew. sorry, Drew. And he just killed his father. You got uh, Tariq knowing that Lauren is not dead and that Effie was the one that tried to kill her. And uh, she's saying he love her. And, and so it's so many weird People hiding secrets and hiding the Kiki, even little Kiki with the phone hiding it from the mm-hmm. fact that she probably knows that something weird is going on. Uh, so they got so many twists and turns. This would have been an A plus episode if not for the Italy stuff. Exactly, great episode. Okay. As far as, other than that, um, I think the ending and everything and all the turmoil built up so much. I can't wait to see what's going on with Diana because now she got the thing. What if she find she already don't got don't like Monet like that uh zoe was her closest family member and if she found out that she was involved i wonder if she gonna do the on that so i i can't wait to see what they're gonna do even though the preview for next week didn't look that great but i can't wait to see how they're gonna not build a lot things. in there yeah yeah so you got um, any closing our thoughts any... uh just
0: again um the last the last 10 minutes and i I'll, I'll even say the last six minutes were probably like the best of the the actual episodes. Overall, I got to give the episode a B and it only gets to a B because of the last, the way the the episode closed out. Um, Down goes Lorenzo, um, which sucks because he was on his, he's a path of atonement. And on top of that, he died thinking that he died being blamed for, for Frank's death, um, which sucks even more for him. Uh, and our cat, some of our cat and mouse games have come to an abrupt halt, but now some new ones have formed. Um, because now Tariq is most likely because he's his father's son. He's going to drop hints that he knows, and he's going to put Braden and Effie on edge. Um, Monet is probably going to coast for a while because she's gotten pretty much almost everything she's wanted. She always wanted to be rid of Lorenzo anyway. Um, and she got Zeke's killer two for one. Uh, but, yeah, I was this episode overall kind of left me feeling a little indifferent um, outside of the, the last few minutes. And um, it looks like we're back to business uh, next week, hopefully. Um, So, yeah. Any closing thoughts you got? No, just waiting to see what's going to happen next week and we'll be back. All right. So as always, I'm one half of your host, Triple D. And with me as always is it's Carlos D. Look us up. You know where to find us. We'll see you guys next time.